0: Welcome to Episode 5 of Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast for raw charge. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman and let's get started. So last week we were in the middle of recapping the 2018-19 Syracuse Crunch season and we took a peek into December and January of this past season and we took a look at the highs and lows. Originally, I had planned to continue with that recap series today and maybe move on to the rest of the season just because it didn't seem like until the very end of the week that there was going to be much news. Instead, I think we're going to have to take a break from that recap series and talk about everything that went down last week. And by last week, I really mean last Friday. First up, the sad. We found out Friday morning in a what turned into a flurry of news that goaltender Ade Pasquale, that solid veteran presence that has backstopped Syracuse for the past season and a half, has decided to move on from the organization. So Pasquale was acquired from Edmonton in January of 2018 for future considerations. We basically got him for nothing. And at the time, he was needed because NHL backup Peter Buda was injured, and the veteran goalie with the crunch, who it was Louis Domingue, had been called up to take Buda's place. Domingue ended up remaining with the Lightning for the rest of the season except for a couple of trips back down to Syracuse to play in a game if the Lightning weren't playing. So Pasquale actually ended up becoming the surprise permanent solution to the organization's minor league veteran problem. In that first half season with Syracuse, Pasquale posted a 1.72 goals against average and a .938 saves percentage. Those numbers were acquired in 15 games. It was enough to earn him a one-year contract for this past season where Pasquale played in 45 games games, and he posted a .916 save percentage. In four playoff games in 2019, where the Crunch were unfortunately swept, he posted a .898 saves percentage. Of course, his AHL numbers, while impressive, were probably not quite the highlight of his time with the organization. At least, were probably not a personal highlight for him. On December 4th, 2018, Pasquale made his NHL debut with the Lightning against the Detroit Red Wings. Pasquale ended up holding on through a shootout to help the Lightning win what turned into quite the emotional victory for both Pasquale and the rest of his team. Everybody in the organization was incredibly thrilled and the game was an excellent reminder of why we do what we do down here. Even those journeyman hockey players still hold on to that NHL dream. And the fact of the matter is, the best way to get that dream is through the AHL. Eddie had been around for a while and had never managed that first NHL start and he got it through us. And that was kind of neat. Unfortunately, you know, we found out that Eddie is going to be moving on to the KHL. And, you know, Syracuse.com did report that the Lightning had wished to retain Pasquale for the upcoming season. But the money apparently was just too good for him to want to continue to stay. You know, we definitely wish Eddie all the best. He did everything we asked of him down here. He was that stable veteran presence for a young rookie. netminder and I would like to stress young rookie netminder. We'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. He played well whether he was playing for a couple of games in a row or whether he had sat for a couple of games and had to come in. He really was what we needed him to be and we're definitely going to miss him but in the same breath we also wish him the best. Now with his departure things are I don't want to use the word dire but things are a little rough in the goal tending area right now for the Crunch. The Lightning has Andre Vawaleski and Louis Domingue. That hasn't changed. But as of right now, the Crunch has nobody. We don't even have a fifth in the organization. There are some reports out there that Addie Toliven, who was an admirable ECHL, not even ECHL, random college guy that we signed last season after Marty Olat broke his leg, he is apparently in the process of getting a Crunch and Lightning themed mask created, which is a pretty good indication that he is going to be back in the organization. Obviously, this is a little bit of a surprise because he had already signed a contract with a team overseas, and we certainly didn't expect to see him again. But from what we've seen, that mask is being created, so I'm going to assume that, yes, he will be back. However, my guess is he's going to be that viable ECHL fifth goaltender in the organization option. I don't really see him being placed as the rookie goaltender here in Syracuse behind some kind of a veteran that the Lightning is obviously going to have to go out fine this offseason. So even if Tolvanen gets signed as all signs kind of indicate is going to happen, he's not exactly someone I'm comfortable with taking up the slack here just yet. The Lightning generally have a plan. From what we know of the new general manager of the Lightning, Julian Brisebois, and his staff down here, usually there's a plan and a backup plan and a plan C. So I am sure that the Lightning and the scouting staff have been looking at goaltenders. And i I'm sure they have an idea of who they might want to come here. It's just a matter of seeing that play out. We probably won't see that play out unless they trade some draft picks or something in this week before the NHL draft. The Lightning will probably be fairly busy on July 1st when free agency opens. Maybe that's just a hope. I'm not worried. I trust the lightning. I trust that they know what's going on. But I will admit to being concerned about the situation. It's very odd right now not having a young or organizational goalie to step in this upcoming season. That's something we haven't really had this blank spot in the organization when it comes to a young netminder. So you know it could be that the Lightning are looking to draft an overager this week who can step right into the AHL kind of like Krister's Gudlewski's did and be ready to go and that'll be our organizational guy but it's still a little weird, so we're gonna have to see how it plays out. Like I said, I'm not worried, but I am lightly concerned, and it's definitely something that we're gonna be keeping an eye on as things move forward. As hard as it was to say goodbye to Eddie, unfortunately Friday brought an even sadder goodbye. Although it might not be goodbye for forever, but it certainly is goodbye for now. So we found out on Friday that Syracuse Crunch forward Michael Bourneval has retired from the sport of hockey. Bourneval was the veteran leader that the Crunch was mostly without this past season because of multiple injuries and setbacks. So I know that this decision to retire has to be what is best for himself and his family, but that doesn't make it any easier, as it usually doesn't. Bourneval's story, we wanted to end differently, and unfortunately, we just didn't get it. Hockey can be cruel and unfair sometimes. Bourneval, just some quick history on him, was drafted in the 2010 NHL entry-level draft by the Colorado Avalanche, and he didn't really stay with that organization very long. He was traded to the Montreal Canadiens five months after he was drafted. At the time, the Canadiens were affiliated with Hamilton, and so he made his AHL debut with the Bulldogs in 2012. In those 69 games he played for them, he scored 10 goals and had 30 points. So the next year he found himself up with the Canadians, and he played 60 games for them. He also played in 14 playoff games. The next season he split time between Montreal and Hamilton, and then the health problems started. So he first got a concussion in February of 2014. That concussion kept him out for a month and a half. After that, the following November in 2014, he had a shoulder injury that he missed time for. At the beginning of the next season, he was placed on injured reserve for two months. At the time, that injury that caused him to be put on IR was undisclosed, but it was believed to be concussion-related symptoms. After that, he was assigned to the AHL, and the Canadians decided to let Bourneval go and try his luck with another organization. The Lightning snapped him up, and at the start of his tenure with this organization, he seemed to be flying high. He had 38 games with Syracuse, 19 points. He was a part of that playoff run in 2017 to the Calder Cup Finals, where he played in all 22 games that the Crunch played and had 15 points in those games. That season, he also appeared in 19 games for the Lightning and had two goals, three points. He played well enough to be re-signed for 2017-18, where he played 57 games for Syracuse and five games for the Lightning. In Syracuse, he had 34 points in those 57 games. His totals probably would have been higher, but unfortunately his season was cut short by a knee injury, which required a very lengthy recovery. He actually ended up not recovering until November of this past season where he came in for five games for Syracuse, as we discussed in our last recap episode. He was injured again during those five games, and this time it was a shoulder injury, and the recovery time was six to seven months. Syracuse, I think, probably would have had to make it into about the third round of the playoffs in order for Bourneval to get a chance to come back and play again. I am sure that had he had that chance, he probably would have taken it, but considering his decision to retire, it may have been best that he did not. Bourneval was a good leader for our team. He was a guy that the younger guys looked up to. He was a guy that everybody in the front office, as they watched him go through all of these recoveries and injuries and surgeries and setbacks, their hearts broke for him repeatedly as Bourneval worked through all of this stuff. Bourneval never gave up. He never had a bad attitude. He was your quintessential leader. It breaks my heart that his career has ended this way. You know, as I said multiple times during those last two episodes, one of the most frustrating things about this past season was that the true vision for that team never came to fruition. And Bourneval was part of that vision that never came to be because of all of the injuries that he had and it's such a sad regretful thing that we didn't get to see him play more than five games this past season trying to end on a little bit of a positive note it sounds like his plans are to go back to university and we certainly wish him well in his future pursuits Breeze himself quoted by Syracuse.com as saying that he wouldn't be surprised to see All in hockey management someday. He knows the game. He has a good hat on his shoulders for it. This is why I'm saying it's bye for now, but maybe hello later. We'll have to see. Either way, I do wish him the best, and I hope that the injuries that he has had, he recovers fully from so that he can live a full life. I know what it's like from my conversations with former Syracuse Crunch captain Dan Smith to have a life that's stunted by injuries you had while doing what you love and the conflicts that come up in your heart and in your mind because of that and I wouldn't wish that on anybody in the world my love to Borneval and his family I hope that they do well and you know maybe I look forward to seeing him back with the lightning organization someday who knows the sad with the goodbye to Eddie Pasquale. We've had the sadder with the retirement of Michael Bourneval. Now it's time for the ugly, the final chapter, at least for our purposes anyway, of the Connor Ingram story. Some background on Ingram for those of you who don't remember or aren't exactly sure what's going on. Ingram was originally drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the third round, 88th overall in the 2016 NHL entry-level draft. After spending a season more in the WHL, which is the league he was drafted out of, he also won a silver medal at the 2017 Under-20 World Junior Championships for Team Canada. Ingram joined the Crunch in 2017 and made his professional debut during the 2017-18 season. That season, he played in 35 games for the Crunch and had a .914 save percentage. This past season, in his second year of his entry-level contract, he played in 22 games and improved to a .922 save percentage. He also was called up to the Lightning and dressed as a backup, but he has yet to make his NHL debut on the ice. Ingram was regularly seen as one of the top goaltenders in the AHL this past season. In those 22 games, he played for Syracuse. He was 14-7-0. He had a league-leading six shutouts. That .922 save percentage led the AHL. His 2.26 goals against average ranked second in the AHL at the time. So it was a mystery when Ingram was assigned to the ECHL at the beginning of March. At the time, he posted an Instagram story that placed his location at Walt Disney World, which was an apparent subtle nod to his new address. And at the time, it sent everybody into a flurry of what's going on? Why is this happening? Why is Ingram suddenly with the Orlando Solar Bears? Nothing was said publicly other than organizational talk of an internal matter. But as the silence between Ingram and the organization stretched on painfully, rumors started to fly. In general, there was talk of attitude problems, of some kind of internal conflict that was going on. What was most frustrating about this is that right before his demotion, many media members, including Elite Prospects and NHL.com writer Patrick Williams, was singing Ingram's praises. There was no short amount of attention for Ingram at all. According to Patrick Williams, Ingram had emerged as one of the AHL top goalies for, at the time, what appeared to be a strong Calder Cup contender. Everyone seemed to be happy with Ingram's place on the team, but as this conflict revealed, everyone was happy with Ingram's place on the team except for Ingram himself. Ingram was apparently dissatisfied with sharing the spotlight with Edward Pasquale. And he wanted to be told that he could skip the usual developmental path and become the crunch's number one goalie, be guaranteed certain playing times and take those steps that the organization maybe did not feel he was ready for. You know, before we get started, I want to be clear. I think Ingram is a really talented goalie. I also want to be clear that I will never tell anybody that they can't be a fan of a player, even if I don't quite like that player. And I completely understand that Ingram still has fans in Syracuse, and that is totally fine. You don't have to agree with what I'm about to say. Recently, I had a fan of his over Twitter try to tell me that Ingram's performance was becoming inconsistent due to a lack of playing time. And with all due respect... No player gets to dictate the terms on this team. We've seen that in the past already. No player gets to dictate terms on this team. Not Slater Cuckoo, not Christers Gudlevskis, and certainly not Connor Ingram. You want to talk about players whose careers were sidetracked by inconsistent use? We can talk about it with Cuckoo and Gudlevskis if you want to. But this Ingram situation was entirely different. And I would just like to talk for a couple minutes about why I feel that way. I took a look back at Ingram's stats from this past season, and he averaged about five to six games a month. He won more than he lost, his record reflected that, and he earned enough positive attention to be voted to the AHL All-Star Game. His development was going fine. He was splitting a job with a proven veteran that he should have been learning from, while he was being coached by one of the better goalies in recent league memory, Carl Gehring. He lied to the organization about how hurt he was in a game at the end of December. And still, when he came back, seemed to be on track with the organization because he played in seven games during the month of February, which was higher than his usual team average. This guy wasn't inconsistent, and he certainly wasn't suffering from a lack of playing time or a lack of attention. As I previously discussed, national media outlets were praising Ingram for his performance in this past season. The fact that his ego apparently got too big for the War Memorial is not the Crunch's problem, and it certainly isn't the Lightning's problem. It's Ingram's problem. At one point in time, that same fan I mentioned earlier apparently had asked Ingram at some point when he was going to be playing again. And Ingram apparently responded, I don't know. It isn't up to me. You're dang right it isn't. Ingram was still developing. And in this league, it is completely reasonable and, in fact, preferred to have goalies split time between veterans and a younger developing goalie. Let's not forget, this was only Ingram's second season in the AHL, and he was far from perfect, which, let me stress, is fine. Ingram was doing everything that he should have been doing. He was winning more than he was losing. When he lost a game, he'd pick himself up and come back out the next game. The guys were playing well in front of him. His career was on the right path, which is why all of this is so mysterious and frustrating to me. As a quick comparison to the situation that the Crunch had with Ingram and Pasquale, I looked at the Chicago Wolves, which was a team that went to the Calder Cup Finals this past season. They had a similar tandem on their team between a veteran goalie who has been around for a couple of seasons in this league and a younger goalie who I think was in his third season in the AHL. They split time. They each averaged about the same amount of games that their veteran and rookie counterparts in Syracuse averaged. That team made it to the league finals. Yes, they ultimately lost to the Charlotte Checkers, but they made it to the finals using that kind of established rotation. This setup that the Crunch had is not unusual. And the fact that Ingram felt like this organization needed to change it just for him is ridiculous. You know, again, I very much feel that Ingram is very talented, and I think if he can get his ego in check, he will go far in his career. But I also think because of that ego, we're better off without him. It doesn't take very long for one player's ego to affect an entire dressing room. Ingram wasn't being treated unfairly. He certainly wasn't being ignored. He had all of the attention a rookie goaltender should have been able to handle. The fact that that wasn't enough for him is not on us as an organization, and he should have known better. segment in today's podcast. We're going to take a sharp turn from where we have been into the happy realm of a player being re-signed that I am personally really excited to see again. So one of the last things that was announced on Friday was that the Lightning had re-signed defenseman Cameron Gauntz to a one-year two-way contract. And this past season, Gauntz actually set an AHL career high with 46 points for the Syracuse Crunch. He was an alternate captain on the team and was on the top pairing the entire season as long as he was here. He got called up to the Tampa Bay Lightning a few times. He appeared in two games without recording a point for them and there were also a couple other games where he did not appear on the ice and stayed in the press box, but was there if they needed him. And as I've discussed previously, the fact that the Lightning were willing to put that trust into Gauntz was a really good indication that they liked him. Obviously, with AHL veteran call-ups, the NHL team generally doesn't want to have to use them, but they want somebody that they can use if they need them. And Gantz was that ideal person for the Lightning all this past season. Then when he'd come back down to Syracuse, he wouldn't pout, he wouldn't whine about needing to be with the Lightning. He'd do his job down here. He quickly became a fan favorite among those in Syracuse. Gantz also got involved in the community. He had a program that he has started in other AHL cities, Tickets for Teachers, where students could write in and nominate their favorite teacher to come to a Crunch game for free and get tickets for free. He was one of the most pleasant people to listen to talk hockey this past season. If you have a chance, you might want to look up the Crunch's SoundCloud and find some interviews that Lucas Vivali did with Gauntz because he knows the game, he can speak about it intelligently, and he never once let him and his teammates off the hook when they weren't performing well. He was a guy that I really wanted back, and I was kind of concerned about all of the turnover on our blue line if Gauntz hadn't been re-signed. So I am very pleased that he will be back providing that mentor position to the younger guys on our blue line. And it was really exciting to see him come back. As far as what the rest of our blue line looks like, It's not the most filled out plan I've ever seen. We have Cal Foot, we have Matthew Spencer, we have Oleg Susanoff. Cal Foot is really the only one in that group who managed to Log significant time in the AHL this past season as Spencer and Susanoff bounced between the ECHL and the AHL. So that's a little scary. We also have Ben Thomas and Dominic Machine. They're restricted free agents. As I've explained previously, I do expect that they're going to be re-signed just because there's really nobody beyond them in the organization ready to come up and take their place. So, I mean, we do have Radim Salda, but I don't think he's going to come over this season we're going to need some bodies on our blue line. In all honesty, if the Lightning does not resign Gabriel Dumont, who is our current captain, I could see Cameron Gauntz getting the C on his chest this upcoming season. I don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Walcott, but as popular as Walcott is, he's still on the young side. So even if he does come back, I could absolutely see him wearing an A all season. But I would think that Cameron would be the one who gets the C. So overall, it was really exciting to see the news that Gauntz had been re-signed. That two-way contract indicates that the Lightning is assuming he's probably going to spend the majority of his time here. A one-way contract might have made it a little bit harder to justify sending Gauntz down, simply because of the amount of money he would have been earning. I have a feeling that he will log most of his time here. He will be expected to be that leader, and he might even be expected to be Syracuse's captain. We'll have to see how the captaincy plays out. We'll have to see if Dumont returns. But regardless, I am more than thrilled to have Gantz back on our blue line and more than happy to be able to talk about his return and how important that will be for the Crunch. So I think that's going to do it for today. With all of the news I had to talk about, I don't really see the need to try to squeeze another segment in here. I'd like to thank the Technologia Project from TST BOCES, as always, for giving me the community, the knowledge, and the resources to be able to complete this podcast on my own. I would like to thank the group Bio Unit for our intro music and the group Scan Globe for the segment music. Their royalty-free tracks make it possible to have a higher quality listening experience with this podcast. On Twitter, you can find me at allovimo A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O. And of course, I write for Raw Charge, which you can find at Raw Charge. And be sure to send me any questions or thoughts. Next week, we are actually going to have a guest on. Justin, who, as many of you should know, covered The Crunch last season in writing for us, is going to be my guest. And we're really going to take a look at The Crunch's roster for the upcoming season, where the gaps are, who the Lightning might be looking at, and what this team needs to do to become another Calder Cup contender this upcoming season. So, if you have any questions for Justin or for myself, please tweet them at me or Raw Charge. Justin has decided to abandon the social internet for now, but my Twitter is available, Raw Charge's Twitter is available, and we will be happy to try to answer them next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Bye for now.